Hello and welcome to Sandals Church. My name is Vivi Diaz. Every now and then I get a chance to pop in here and hang out with you guys. And this weekend is one of those weekends. So welcome to Sandals Church. You know, and I really wanted to give a special welcome to some of our Sandals Church Anywhere locations because as you know, this right here is our digital service. And it's so great because it starts out in Southern California, but it is reaching across the world. And our Sandals Church Anywhere locations are pretty much house churches that have said, hey, we wanna gather around and be a part of what God is doing through Sandals Church, and we want people to be a part of that. So hello to you guys, and welcome to everyone here. And you know, if this is your first time joining, first, I am so glad you're here. You picked a great weekend to start. But if you notice a chat or a window pop up at any point, go ahead and say hello to us because really those are there because we'd love to know who you are and really get connected with you. Or at any point, you can go to sandalschurch.com next. But however you choose to let us know that you're here, just know this, we want you to reach out to us and know that we will reach back to you. And maybe it's not just for if it's your first time, maybe you're here today and just need some help or need some support or just prayer. We would love to know what that is so we can come alongside you wherever you are at. And one of the things at Sandals Church that is so cool is the growth path. And it's a way and a thing that we've created where we can really help you figure out what are your best next steps in growing deeper in your faith and what God is doing through you here at Sandals Church. And so we'd love to get connected with you either way, but right now I would love to go ahead and welcome us up because we're about to go into some worship. And it's a time where we not only get to connect with God, but we get to connect with each other from wherever we're joining and join together and sing about who God is and be joined through that. So we are so glad you're here and let's worship together. Father, you ask us to ask and we'll receive. That's what it says in your word. Right now in this moment, Father, we're asking for more. More of your presence, more of your glory, more of your fire inside of us. This house with your glory, this temple. 
Hello and welcome back, man. I love starting off service, getting to sing together because here at Sandals Church, we are about this vision of being real. And man, it's one that I've seen change my life and I know that God has something in it for you here today. And another thing that I love about this vision is that it's for every single person. That's not just joining in person or at one of our campuses, but it's joining from wherever you're at, no matter how old you are. Because we know that there are some of you that have little kids 
and we have incredible content specific for kids that it's not just another thing, but it really is how are we taking this vision of being real and helping kids learn what that looks like to be real with themselves, God, and others. And so we would love to encourage you as parents to get your kids connected with that and see what there is for you as parents as well at kids.sandalschurch.tv. And another area too, if you have teenagers, listen, teenagers, this is so my territory because I oversee student ministry at one of our campuses, but we have got some great content for you. And man, I, I know you feel it in your own life that this vision of being real is something we all need. And so if you are a student, we've got great content for you on our YouTube channel, and you can find that out at Sandals Church Youth on YouTube, and it's right there. So check that out because we'd love for you to be a part of that. But man, today I'm excited because we are hearing from Pastor Jeff Why You guys know him, and I know that God is gonna use him today to speak something incredible for you and me. We're so glad you're here. going on Sandals Church. My name is Jeff. I'm the online pastor. And if you just joined us, we are in a series called Win in Rome. And I know you're like, oh, Win in Rome. I chose the right church today. Come on, Win in Rome. Do what the Romans do. No, sit down. Um, <laughs> we are in this book called Romans. And we're in this book called Romans because I'm telling you all, we need what Romans is throwing down. We need this word because it helps us to know how to live like Christ in a culture that doesn't. And, and some of you might be like, man, we've been in this Roman series for a long time. We've been in this series for a long Can we please get out? Listen, listen, I, I have a friend of mine who went to Africa. He went to a country in Africa, and he hung out there for about three months. And while he was there, he went to this church service. The first church service he went to that first Sunday, he showed up and the pastor talked about having faith in God. And then he, and then he showed up the next weekend, and then the pastor talked about having faith in God. And then he showed up the next weekend and the pastor talked about having faith in God. And then he finally went to the pastor, why do you keep preaching about having faith in God? He said, I keep preaching it till they live it. Come on, somebody. <laughs> so we are going to be in Romans, y'all. We're going to be in Romans to get to you know how to live like Jesus in a culture that doesn't. And can I just say this up front? The Bible is offensive. It, it, it offends and it should challenge you. If the Bible is the word of God, and it was written so that you can know who God is and, and reveal who you are and who you need to be, it should feel a little ouch when we read it. And friends, please read your Bible because you read your Bible until it reads you. Come on now. The Bible says, the, the Word of God says that the Bible is sharper than any two-edged sword. And so uh, you might be like, oh, that's right, I use my Bible all the time to, to, to fight off people, to fight off my opponent, I to stab them. Listen, I'm telling you right now, the Bible stabs the reader. It stabs you. It's supposed to cut through you. So we are going to be in the Word of God. We're going to be reading. But before I read the Word of God and before I pray over time, Pastor Dan Zimbardi preached here two weekends ago, two weeks ago, and he talked about this idea about honor. And then he also talked about dishonor. I believe we dishonor the Word of God a lot by, by not reading it. Um, uh, and and there, there are countries and people all over the world that would love to get their hands on the Bible, and we have it and we don't read it. 
So in honor, in honor of the word of God, uh, you, you know, if you go to the, if you go to a wedding, if, if you if you go to a courtroom, you got to stand for that bride, right? You got to stand for that judge. Well, today I want us to stand as we read the word of God, just a physical expression of reverence of reading the word of God. So if you, whatever campus you're on, uh, St. Louis Church, anywhere online, now here we're going to stand to read the word. So let's all stand. Let's all stand. Romans 14, 1 to 12. Accept other believers who are weak in faith and don't argue with them about what they think is right or wrong. For instance, one person believes it's all right to eat anything and another believer with a sensitive conscience will eat only vegetables. Those who feel free to eat anything must not look down on those who don't. And those who don't eat certain foods must not condemn those who do, for God has accepted them. Who are you to condemn someone else's servant? Their own master will judge whether they stand or fall. And with the Lord's help, they will stand and receive his approval. In the same way, some think one day is more holy than the other, while others think every day is alike. You should each be fully convinced that whichever day you choose is acceptable. Those who will worship the Lord on a special day do it to honor him. Those who eat any kind of food uh, do so to honor the Lord, since they give thanks to God before eating. This is why we pray before we eat. And those who refuse to eat certain foods also want to please the Lord and give thanks to God. For we don't live for ourselves or die for ourselves. If we live, it's to honor the Lord. If we die, it's to honor the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. Christ died and rose again for this very purpose, to be Lord, both the living and the dead. So why do you condemn one another? Why do you look down on another believer? Remember, we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, as surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me and every tongue will acknowledge God. So then each of us will give an account of ourselves to God. Let us pray. Lord, Heavenly Father, I thank you for those who have decided to show up today. It is not by accident that they are here, Lord. So my prayer is that they receive everything that you have desired for them to receive in this moment. God, I love your word, Father. Man, prune us today with your word, Father. Father, whatever you have prepared in advance for us to do and to be, help us to be and to do that, Father God. Lord, I submit myself to you. I submit what I'm about to say to you right now. Father, the ears listening, may we submit our ears and our will to yours, Lord. We pray all this in Jesus' mighty name, amen. You may be seated, you may be seated. Comedian, writer, and TV personality, John Stewart said, <laughs> religion, it's a powerful healing force in our world, torn apart by religion. That quote can be found in Jeff Martin's documentary, Lord, Save Us From Your Followers, with the tagline, why is the gospel of love dividing America? And, and, and I would say not only is, is, it, is it divisive for America, but it's divisive for the church, and it's really divisive for the world. This is what we are doing. 
And at the end of the trailer for the doc, uh, on the documentary, Lord Save Us From Our Followers, it says, if we love somebody, we go out of our way to love the best of who they are. And I would not just say the best of who they are, but the best that they can be, the best that they can be in Jesus Christ. You see, as I, as I look at the world and, and, and I see the relationship between the world and the church, I see there's this disconnection, there's this disconnect. And then as I see the church in relation to the church, I, I see this division and it's causing a lot of hurt. The Apostle Paul is writing uh, uh, in our verse, in our chapter we're reading right now, uh, uh, what we're reading, the, the Apostle Paul talks about that there's two people groups he's talking to. Uh, these two people groups who Paul is writing to are followers of Jesus whose faith is based on the law. They have a law-based faith. And the other group where their faith is in Jesus, in Jesus, and, and they're not tied to the law. They're actually freed from the laws, the rules, and the regulations. And this is why they were judging each other and condemning one another. Christians, the Christians in antiquity and back in the day, as well as now, we will find ourselves something to fight about, something to argue about, something to judge one another about. This is, it feels like this is who we've become in a lot of ways. Romans 14, the first verse, accept other believers who are weak in faith and don't argue with them about what they think is right or wrong. The first thing Paul is telling us here is to accept other believers. Man, we can, we can just stop right there, right? There should be a spirit of welcoming when it comes to Christ followers. The church, your campus, your home, you should be, it should be a place where we welcome people. Welcome people, no matter where they're at on their journey. A place where a place where they feel accepted. You know what comes to my mind is the old TV show, Cheers. The old TV show, Cheers, right? And sometimes I wish, sometimes I wish the church was like a bar. Oh, that's right, come on now. Win in Rome and now the church like a bar. <laughs> Pass the gin and tonic. No, stop it, sit down. Um, no, 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 no. Uh, you, you know, because there was something about that show, right? Well, well, you guys remember the song, right? You remember the song. It said, sometimes you wanna go where I know you know the song. Hold on, sometimes you wanna go where everybody knows your name. Doom, 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 doom. And they're always glad you came. Doom, doom, see what I'm talking about. I knew y'all know the song, I knew y'all know the song. You see, the beauty of Cheers and most bars is that, is that they welcome pretty much everyone. They, they have this open door policy. You could be real at a bar. <laughs> you, you won't get judged at a bar. Unfortunately, most churches are judging and condemning places. But not Sandals Church, right? Come on, not Sandals Church. Praise the Lord, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Paul, then, Paul then tells us what the issues were at hand. For instance, one person believes it's all right to eat anything, but another believer with a sensitive conscience, weak in faith, will eat only vegetables. My wife always trying to shove salad in my face. Um, <laughs> Those who feel free to eat anything must not look down on those who don't. And those who don't eat certain foods must not condemn those who do, for God has accepted them. Paul said, listen, stop arguing because these things don't matter when it comes to your faith. These items are, are minors, they're not majors. One group argued that, that meat uh, and, and which day was holy was directly connected to their faith. These individuals actually had weak faith. 
And, and the other group understood that Christ freed them from all the do's and the don'ts and the rules, which by the way, which by the way, do you know that, that we did that? We did that back in the day. I, I mean, if you go back in the day, Christians or church folk, we, we, we majored in the minors. If you went to church back in the day, you had to wear a tie. If you went to church back in the day, don't you dare drink caffeine. Alcohol, you get out of here. I, we, couldn't see, we, we couldn't see movies, we couldn't play cards, we couldn't dance, come on now, you couldn't dance. <laughs> you couldn't do that, because if you did, you would have gotten judged. You would have been judged. Strong faith is based on freedom in Christ. Freedom in Christ, because it's Christ alone where our faith is known. It's what Christ and Christ did on the cross. That work, that work that has completed our salvation. Pastor Fredo actually talked about this in Romans 8 and reminded us, he reminded us that there's no condemnation for those who are in Jesus Christ and, and that it's by his spirit that gives us freedom from the law and the rules of doing, of doing, trying to achieve. We are free from what we do and our attempt to be in good standing with God. If you said yes to Jesus, you are in good standing with God because inside of you is the one who stood in our place. There is your good standing. His name is Jesus. It's done because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Come on, somebody. That, that, that's a moment right there. That's a moment right there for you. Greater is he that is in, and greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. It's not the rules that get you into heaven. It's Christ and what he did that is your security towards heaven. Now, because you have freedom in Christ, it doesn't mean you could just do you, boo. <laughs> you can, I can just do whatever I want. No, you can't. You also need to practice good judgment. You do. The Bible helps you with this, and in particular, the New Testament, but, but it's not prescriptive on all things, and, and it doesn't draw the lines all the time. Some things you just have to practice with good wisdom. Paul also talks about this uh, when he's talking to the church in Corinth. In 1 Corinthians 10, he says, you say, I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. You say, I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is beneficial for you. Don't be concerned for your own good but for the good of others. Sure, you might can do that, but it is, is it the best thing for you? And, and, and who is it affecting? You might, you might like to drink, okay, but should you get drunk? And if you get drunk every time, put the glass down, put it down. And if drinking causes, if drinking causes someone else to sin or fall, then maybe in honoring others, you should refrain from drinking. And, you know, I remember when I was a youth pastor, um, I really don't drink at all, um, um, but when I was a youth pastor, um, you know, every now and then we would have wine, you know, around, you know, that happens in my house every now and then, um, uh, and, and I would, you know, hang out with people who did do that, but when I was a youth pastor, I just made it up in my spirit, uh, because people would, kids would come over to the house, uh, we would hang out with them, I would go to a restaurant, and then after what I was eating, they'd come, oh, Pastor Jeff, I saw you, I just wanted to say hi and meet, you know, introduce you to my parents. And so I said in my spirit and my, right then and there, I will not drink alcohol. I just won't do it but, but because I will never know what they're thinking when they see it. And I just, when it comes to kids, I know drinking and alcohol just does not mix. So I just decided not to do it. 
If someone says they want to refrain from alcohol in their walk with Jesus, okay. If someone says that it's okay for them, then okay. But whatever you do, honor the Lord and give thanks to the Lord. Now listen, the Bible does talk about getting drunk. Now you thought you were going to get away. You thought you were going to slide by. You slide by. It, it says in Ephesians 5.18 and Galatians 5.19.21 that drunkenness is a sin. It actually says it is a sin and that it leads to debauchery. Like, oh, I did debauchery in high school. I did debauchery. <laughs> debauchery, debauchery. N no, Tiffany. Um, de not, not archery, debauchery. Debauchery is basically going buck wild. <laughs> uh, it's, it's letting it all go. I, I, mean, I mean, when you, when you get drunk, who, who, does it do any good? Does it do any good? And you might be saying, well, 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 when I get drunk, I'm able to let the fun me out, the fun me. <laughs> well, Bethany, we don't need to see that fun you because it almost got you killed last night. <laughs> this, if drinking and getting drunk causes you or other people to fall, sometimes literally fall, then maybe you should not be doing it. For we don't live for ourselves or die for ourselves. Listen to me. We don't live for ourselves or die for ourselves. If we live it's to honor the Lord. And if we die, come on now, it's to honor the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. Christ died and rose again for this very purpose, to be Lord both the living and of the dead. Don't you know that you don't belong to yourself? You belong to the Lord. You belong to the Lord. Galatians 2.19, it says, it said, you shall no longer be living with the person living inside of you, but the person who lives through you. And that's Jesus. Stop living you and allow him to live through you. Uh, verse 10, so, so why do you condemn another believer? Why do you look down on another believer? When we judge others wrongly, we are operating out of our flesh. When we judge others wrongly, we are operating out of our flesh. So, so why do we judge? And what I'm talking about right here, just judging, uh, what I'm talking right here, I'm, I'm talking about wrongly judging people. In fact, psychologists have actually researched why we judge people, why we judge people a certain way. The first reason why they say we judge the way we do, because it brings out your hidden feelings. It brings out your hidden feelings. And so, so basically saying like, a lot of times it has nothing to do with that person you're judging. It, it, it's the issues up in here. The second one says, we judge people because we want to make ourselves feel better. We are so insecure, what we do is we want to pull them down and push them down while we elevate ourselves, sometimes on top of them, as we judge them. The third one, it creates negative programming. Come on, when you judge people, it creates negative programming. It's a learned trait. And honestly, for the longest time, Christians have learned to tear people down instead of bringing them up. Did you know, according to, the US, uh, according to a U.S. study uh, done by explore.com, uh, and all these individuals that were interviewed in this study, 90% of them think Christians are judgmental and that it's actually a practice of our faith. Come on, church, we gotta do better. We gotta do better. The fourth one, when you judge wrongly, when you judge wrongly, you lack information. You have no idea who they are, but you're drawing conclusions based on no knowledge. Do you know, actually know the definition of judging? one who is authorized and or appointed to decide a judgment or able to evaluate based on careful weighing of evidence and evaluation. Most of the time when we judge, we lack information. We go based on our assumption. 
This is how we wrongly judge people most of the time. We wrongly judge those in the faith. We wrongly judge those new to faith. We, we wrongly judge those weaker in faith. We, we even judge the world. We judge the world. I, I, remember, I remember getting to LA in 2001 and my first job was, a, I was a barista at Starbucks. Man, I love that job. That was an awesome job. I loved it. And, and I remember a month in, they hired this guy named Chris. Chris was a white dude, buzz haircut, um, tattoos everywhere, piercings everywhere, smelled like cigarette smoke. And I just like, I'm like, oh man. I'm telling you, I, I just said he was like gross and nasty. I didn't want to be anywhere near him. This a month in, this dude was the nicest guy. He was the nicest guy. And you know what he did? He volunteered his times on the weekends to actually cook food at homeless shelters. And he actually was a big brother to, to young men who were wayward kids. He was acting more like a Christian than I was. And here I am judging him. Do you, do you know that the Bible says we're not Supposed to judge those who are outside of Christ? Come on, I'm about to slap some people around right now. It ain't me, the Bible, the Bible. Corinthians 5.12 says, what business, what, what business, what business it of mine to judge those outside of the church? It's not our business. It's not our business to judge those who are in the world. It's not our business. I, and, and outside the church, because, because they follow the world. So, 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 when they, so when they take prayer out of schools, don't go crazy and be surprised. I mean, you should have your kids prayed up before they get there anyway. Don't be surprised when the world, the government does things outside of the will of God because they're not inside the will of God. Now, that doesn't mean we don't stand up for things that are downright evil and abhorrent, uh, abhorrent to us and our faith and to others. But even, but, but even then, we should be gracious. We should be gracious. Paul tells us in Corinthians, uh, sorry, Colossians 4, 6, that when dealing with those outsiders, when dealing with outsiders, our words should actually be seasoned with salt, meaning it should be palatable for them with care. Come on. We should put a little Larry's on there. Larry. Is it Larry or Larry? Larry. It's Larry. I know. It can't be Larry because Larry don't know what he's doing. <laughs> Larry, that brother know what he's doing. Larry, boy, you better put some salt. I'm coming. <laughs> We also notice in the same passage of 1 Corinthians that we are supposed to judge those inside the church. Come on, somebody. 1 Corinthians 5.12, are you not to judge those inside? God will judge those outside. Expel the wicked person from you. Now, there's a caveat here. Uh, we are to judge those who we have a, 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 a deep, strong relationship with. Those we know. Those who, and you know, those who should know better. Those, who've been, uh, those who are in an accountability group with you, maybe they're in a community group with you, these are people who've been walking in faith for a while. These are people that we should judge. And if they're not doing the right thing, in some cases, we need to ask them to leave. Listen to me, I'm telling you right now, it is okay sometimes to ask someone to leave your church. Come on, no, no one want to hear that, do they? <laughs> if they are pulling all the other believers down because of their negativity and, and, and their toxicity, Sometimes, based upon the, the leaders there, it is okay to ask them to leave your church for the health of the community. Come on now, that wasn't even there. We do not judge someone who just walked into the church or who's new to faith. But when you do judge, remember that you will be judged also. In some cases, you are worse than the person that you're judging. <laughs> Paraphrasing Matthew 7, 5, it basically says that, that you are more jacked up than the person you're judging. I mean, seriously, listen, we all have a yellow tape across our chest that says, caution, God at work. 
So as Michael Jackson said, start looking in the man in the mirror. Who? You. You, you need to change your ways. I'm not judging you unless I know you. Then maybe I am. We judge those who we shouldn't and not those we should. Speaking of, we judge those we shouldn't and not those we should. We tend usually to judge the wrong people and dismiss the people we should be judging. You should be judging individuals that, that you know and are in strong relationship with. We are supposed to judge those people when they gossip, when they get drunk, when they don't tithe, when they're not in community, when, when they're not reading their Bible, when their marriage is jacked up and no one says anything, when both the husband and the wife are not submitting one to another, when the wife is not respecting her husband, when the husband is not showing real love for his wife, not sacrificing himself for her like Christ did for the church. I mean, men, man up. Can I just say this? Men, man up. We have some weak men in the church. Men, we should be leading more spiritually. 1 Corinthians 16, 13, and 14 says, be on your guard, stand firm in your faith, act like men, and be courageous, be strong. Let everything you do be in love. Everything you do be in love. Man, how many men out there are just convicted right now? I'm convicted, how many are convicted? I'm convicted. This is who we should be. I mean, praise God, praise God that our, our leader epitomized, Pastor Matt epitomized this, but, but y'all, wait a minute, were y'all, were y'all here last weekend? Were y'all here last week? I mean, we got a man's man here, come on now. We had Apollos, we had, we had Pastor Adam Workman, come on, this manager, do we have a picture? Can we show, I don't know if you can show, man, this, this brother, this brother is a man. Come on, his last name is Workman. Come on, my last name is Y. Pastor Adam Workman, Adam Workman, Jeff, why? Why? Come on, help me today, Lord. It's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. Can we get some real men to stand up and be real men of God? You know why? Because our world needs it. Our community, our church needs it. Your family needs it. Verse 11. And this is the part I love and just gives me chills up my spine because verse 11 says, as I live, says the Lord, Every knee shall bow and every tongue confess. Every tongue will confess and acknowledge that I am God. Come on, it's like my mama used to say, baby, you're gonna, you're gonna bow later. You're gonna, you're gonna confess later. You might as well do it now. <laughs> I mean, I don't know about you, but, but, but when I see God at the end of time, for everyone, at the end of time, when you see God, you won't help but get to your knees. You won't help but confess, Lord, you are God and God alone. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you've done. Everybody is going to confess that God is God, the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. This is the God we serve. I got to tell you something. In preparation for this message, I put up a post. I put a post up on one of my social media pages just to prove that, that, that what I researched uh, was actually true. And it actually came out to be very, very accurate. And all I said was, all I said was, have you ever been judged and for what? And in three hours, I got over 100 comments. Someone said something like, this is the kind of stuff they said they were judged for, for being a foreigner, 
for the color of the skin, for being a tall woman, for being a woman in ministry, for, for their tough past, for their tattoos, for the good grades, for, for having red hair, for being overweight, for having seven kids, for being too happy, for getting a divorce, for being a single mom, for, for marrying young, for being a woman with a job, for voting a certain way, for living in California, for vaccinating, for not vaccinating, for wearing a mask, for not wearing a mask. I mean, it goes on and on and on. And I literally only read you maybe like 15%. And, and, and you know what came to me? Friends, you know what came to me as I was reading all this? The world is a cruel and judging and condemning place. It's hurtful. The world is hurtful. And one of the individuals actually said this. She said, what's sad about me being judged wrongly is that it's been primarily from those inside the church. Now, wherever you're at, if you've ever been hurt, by the church or someone in the church, raise your hand. If you've ever been hurt. Stop. Church, stop. Tell me, tell me if it would be crazy for someone who walked in the hospital, one of these individuals walked in a hospital, uh, a person losing blood, a person losing blood, a woman in labor, uh, a kid with appendix about to burst, a man who got shot, a man who was having chest pains. Would it be crazy for them to go into hospital and not be admitted? Would it be crazy for them to enter the hospital and, and, and no one did anything? You know what we do? We would sue. We would try to shut that place down. We'd be picketing. This sounds crazy, right? But each week, people come to the church looking for hope, community, looking to be noticed, looking for healing, looking for love, only to have the church say with their actions and sometimes there's words, sorry, we don't accept people like you. Or we don't treat that. Can you come back when you're better? When my wife sees a new patient, she has to take a history on them, meaning she has to discover their health history and then she can be able to care for them. She has to sit down. She doesn't start, oh, I, I probably know who this person has. She has to figure out who they are. Friends, we got, to, we got to hear stories, not condemn them for how high their shorts are or whatever. You see, the church is God's plan A to bring hope and healing to the world. This is the antidote. There is an antidote and a medicine for the hurting world. There is an antidote and medicine for the hurting world, and his name is Jesus Christ. That's his name. In the New Testament book, Mark, he says that Jesus is the great physician. Jesus is a physician. If Jesus is a physician, then I guess that would make this place a hospital. Like REM says, everybody hurts. Everybody hurts. A couple weeks ago, um, I let you know that I was in the entertainment industry and um, <clears throat> before I was in pastoral ministry, and my wife works in the medical field as a nurse practitioner. Now, not only that, I actually volunteer as a chaplain at Riverside Community Hospital. Uh, I, I already have a decent knowledge of Hollywood in that world, and, and just by marrying my wife and uh, just by being next to her by proxy, I've discovered more about the medical world and, and volunteering at a hospital. And, and when I look at these two, when I look at these two, a hospital or Hollywood, I wonder who the church looks like more. A hospital or Hollywood? And when I say church, I mean your church, your campus, your St. Louis Church anywhere, you. 
Do you operate like you are part of a hospital or as if you're part of Hollywood? Hollywood is pretty fake. I'm here to tell you, I've been there. Hollywood is pretty fake, very judgmental. Trying to lead more people to them than to him. Are, are we trying to make sure we have more followers or Jesus has more followers? A hospital welcomes the sick, the hurting, the ill, the needy, the one looking for healing. In Luke 5.20, Jesus said, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. Listen, we are all sick. And he was saying that these religious guys thought they were the healthy ones, but really they were the sickest. And I've got to tell you, religious people, church folk, we're the sickest sometimes. Jesus says, I come for those who are looking for a savior, who are looking for a healer. Do you need to be healed? Church, look around. Look around you. People are hurting physically, emotionally, mentally, relationally, spiritually. And there's only one place that I know where they can find hope and healing, and that is the church. But it's hard for people to see Dr. Jesus when we're in the way. <laughs> when people enter the ER church, the clinic church, the church hospital, you, you know what they see a lot of times? You know what they see? The church MAs bickering with one another. The, the church nurses looking down on them, sending them somewhere else or turning them away. They, they, they see pastors who think that, that they're there to see him. Like, like I'm the doctor, you're here to see me. I, I, I'm, I'm here to diagnose you. No, you need to let the Spirit of God diagnose them. The church is a place where you should be able to come as you are with all your brokenness, your sin, your mess, and know that you're gonna be accepted. The church is a place where we should take a history and get to know people, not judge people. You know what our number one job is? Is to get them to the doctor. Is to get them to the great physician, to get them to Jesus. Our job is to welcome them in love. And once they are here, it's not about condemnation. It's about transformation. And by the way, these buildings, these buildings that we're in right now, that's not the church. That's not the church. You are. You are. You are the church. So you know what? We need to start doing some house calls. <laughs> because people are not coming back to church. They're not coming back to church anyway. And, and, and yes, I, I, mean, I mean, there's reasons for that. There's reasons for that. Yeah, maybe it's the enemy. Maybe it's the times. But also, maybe it's us. Maybe it's us and what we have done. Let's be the church, the church that shows people that we are a healing place. A healing place. Healing. Healing, new life, giving, letting them know that they can have new life in Christ and that there's no judgment, there's no condemnation, that this is a place where they can receive hope and love and faith, a place where they can get to the Lord. So let's stop judging people for the love of God. It's repelling people away who are trying to see the doctor, who are trying to see Jesus. Let's pray. Well, Father God, man, I give you praise, Lord. Thank you so much for this time, Jesus. Thank you for what, what has always been the answer all along. You, you are the answer to life's problems. You are the answer to life's hurts. You help, you heal, you show us that this, that this life can only be really lived with you. 
Lord, Holy Spirit, push past our flesh so that, so that we can stop condemning people and love people. Help us not to judge people, but welcome people. Lord, you are the judge. You have already accepted us. Our, our job is to love people, not judge them. The world is a hurting place and we know the prescription. It's you. Help us to live out this world today because our world needs it. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen. What a powerful message and just a reminder to every single one of us in our own human ways that our job is not to judge people, but our main priority should be helping people see who Jesus is. And I know that many of you might be joining today and saying, well, I already know Jesus, I already follow him, I have a relationship with him. And that is awesome and I'm sure your story reflects how God has changed you and healed you and loves you. But I have a question for you today. Have you been baptized? Because if we're following Jesus, this is something Jesus wants us to follow him in, to be a part of his work. And all baptism is, is this public expression of an inward decision that I've already said, I wanna follow Jesus, and now I want people to know that I am following him. And this weekend, that is why we're doing that. We are celebrating not just what God's doing in us, but how God wants to use us and the work he wants to do through us. And so if you have any questions about baptism, maybe it's something you've never thought about, that's part of our growth path. Because part of the growth path is just taking next steps and diving deeper in your faith. And if you're here today and are saying, man, I, I wanna grow deeper, maybe baptism is that next step. And so to find out more information or to get baptized, I'd love to invite you to go to the growth path right now and click on that baptism icon right there. And here's what's cool is that it doesn't matter where you're at right now in the world today. And I share that because yes, we're doing baptisms, but also right now is a time where I'd love to invite you to be a part of what God is doing through giving because it's really through giving and in that part of service that we're able to just take part in what God's doing through Sandals Church. So if you've never given before, or maybe today is a day where maybe you just wanna start giving regularly, I'd love to invite you to do so by going to give.sc or by going to the Sandals Church app. But however you choose to give, hear me say this, I wanna say thank you for being a part of the work that God is doing here at Sandals Church. Thank you so much for joining us this weekend here at Sandals Church. I know I had a great weekend and I'm so grateful to be here, but here's our hope. One, we wanna see you back next weekend, but this week, we want to see us as a church, not just learn what it is to follow Jesus, but actually live our lives like we're following Jesus. And you and me both know, no matter where you're joining from, this world is broken, and man, we need to live our lives like Jesus because God wants to do a work in every single one of our lives. So listen, we love you, we're so glad you joined us, and we cannot wait to see you next week.